This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about long-term care insurance. A very interesting topic, a very complex topic, but something that people who are approaching or who are into retirement are wondering about. And Julie Chadwick, one of the financial planners in our office, is one of the specialists that we have for long-term care. So welcome, Julie. I'm really glad you could join us today. Thanks for having me. You did uh, say that this is a very, you know, it's a highly emotionally charged topic. It really is. Whenever we talk about long-term care insurance or nursing home insurance, it, uh, it usually strikes a chord with someone for several different reasons. Well, I think the biggest reason is that nobody wants to go broke because of a nursing home. And nobody just really wants to face the fact that they might have to go to the nursing home. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now, in your family, you really had some some challenges with this, right? Yeah, I definitely um, experienced the emotional impact of this. And I didn't really fully understand it because it was uh, affecting my grandparents. So I was Uh young. I was a teenager. And when I found out that my grandma had to go into a nursing home, they were farmers. And without really any, obviously, they had no kind of nursing home plan or anything. Nursing home was the only option, you know, getting in there. And so to pay for that, the only option was to sell a section of the farm land out, which was, which you know, what they were so difficult on. for families to let go of. Really yeah. difficult. Mm-hmm. And it was probably at the one of the worst times possible because the 1980s farm crisis was going on too. <laughs> so the price of the land was probably yeah. horrible. So and wham, yes, wham. Yeah, exactly. So that was really hard. And it's, you know, the, the, the emotional side, the financial side and just the planning side. So those are all things that we want to talk about today. So not everybody needs long-term care insurance. That's the that key. That is for sure. But So let's talk a little bit about who would be somebody that might need long-term care insurance. There's some parameters that we tend to use. And and the first parameter is in terms of whether or not you have retirement assets where you could easily pay for long-term care insurance. So the thing is that if you have under $300,000 worth of retirement assets, you really have to look at the cost of the insurance to decide whether or not it's going to be affordable to you. Right. That premium could really wipe out, you know, the, mm-hmm. the premium that you're paying really has, you have to justify, is that going to spend on the assets you're trying to protect? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's it's worth doing some certain calculations on to determine if it makes sense for you. Conversely, if you have more than $3 million of retirement assets, then you probably might be able to pay for a long-term care stay without it completely depleting your asset pool that you have. Right. We call that Mm self-insuring. But if you're in the middle, if you're somebody who has between $300,000 and $3 million worth of retirement assets, you probably are somebody that needs to evaluate if long-term care insurance is a smart thing to add to your overall financial picture. Right. The next question people come to come to us and ask is, well, when should we start looking at it? Right. <laughs> That's one of the keys. <laughs> and really, the sweet spot is between 50 and 65. Right. Because if you go too much sooner than that, then you're looking again, like we talked about, paying premiums for way too long before you would ever even use it. Right. So then it just adds to the overall expense factor. Right. And if you wait too much after that, a lot of times health, health issues are going to be creeping in and you might mm-hmm. not qualify for that coverage at that point. Yeah. And the premiums really go sky high beyond age, about age 65. Right. So those Mm -hmm. are really going to jump up. So those are factors of when we say when you should you really start looking at it. 
So if you're between 50 and 65 and you haven't already addressed this, then maybe this would be a good nudge for you to reach out and give us a call and we can help you determine whether or not it's a good part of your overall planning. Right. But as what we see is about 75% of people over the ages of 65 are going to need nursing home care at, of some sort. What an astonishing <laughs> statistic. So that's a big number. So the fact that people don't want to talk about it or don't think they, you know, mm-hmm. hoping that they don't have to use it, that's that's the stats. So. Yeah. The reality is that if you're married, one of you is going to need some care for sure. If we're looking at a seventy-five percent number, right. so we got to yeah. look at look at the options and then and then you know evaluate when is the best time and you know should I pay for that? So one of the questions that we get is, I'm I'm single. I don't have a spouse. Do I really need long-term care insurance? And the answer to that really surrounds, of course, what other retirement assets you have, but also what is the quality of care that you want to have? So if you don't have long-term care insurance and then you do spend down all your assets with the plan that the state is going to pay for your care, what they're going to do is dictate where you can be and also what the level of care is that you're going to have, even down to whether or not you have a roommate or a single room. Right. So it just really limits your choices mm-hmm. and options because you, you didn't do the planning. So the state's going to take care of that. So let's talk a little bit about that state. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to let the state pay for it. You know, I'm, I am going to spend down all my assets and we just hear let that. the state do that. We hear that all the time. Yeah. Or they say, I'm just going to give away all my stuff and then let the state take care of it. Right. So none of those plans really work very well. <laughs> <laughs> the state, you know, they can they have ways of coming back and getting those assets. So. Yeah. So first of all, there's this thing that's called a clawback provision. And for most states, it's a five-year clawback. So if you've given away any of your assets, if you've given away gifts to your family, if you've even if you've sold land or mm-hmm. houses or things to your family, if it was below market value, they can do what's called a clawback where they actually claw back the value. And imagine having gifted somebody money and then the state comes knocking on their door and says, sorry, you got to give it back. You got to give that back. (laughs) So that isn't really the best plan. So no, most definitely. So if you're going to be trying to deplete your own assets before you need care with the plan being that the state is going to pay for your care, be very aware of that clawback provision because that's a tough one to, to manage. Right. And to be able to get the state to qualify, you have to spend on your assets. People mm-hmm. are kind of familiar with that term. So like you said, if you're single and you have assets that you have to spend down, you have to spend them down about $2,000. Yeah. And it varies in each state. Each state mm-hmm. is kind of different, but that's not leaving you a whole lot. And the other thing that goes is the home. Because mm-hmm. if, you know, if if you're in the nursing home, you're not going to need your home. So yep. the, the home has to be sold. They'll force the home sale. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you're married, though, they won't force that home sale. Right. If you're married, they'll let you keep around eighty-five-ish thousand dollars worth of value of assets plus the home. But if you're used to living on a nice income, then eighty-five thousand dollars worth of retirement assets for the spouse that doesn't need to care is not a very large sum of money. Right. So it is like you said, the quality of life. It's not just the mm-hmm. quality of your life in the nursing home, but it's the quality of life of the spouse that's going to be staying at home. What quality of life do you want them to have outside the home? Right. So if you're single. It does come down to what are your retirement assets and then what do you want your quality of care to be? But if you're married, it's not just those two things. It's also what is what are you leaving the spouse that doesn't need the care with? Right. Right. Are you going to impact their retirement lifestyle significantly? So, okay. 
Because of the way that you have to spend down your assets, then some states have come up with something that's called a state partnership. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't really understand how the state partnership works. But in a nutshell, some long-term care insurance policies participate in this state partnership program. And basically it says whatever you have insured for, then your spouse or your family can keep that amount of assets too in a protected type of account. And they don't have to spend that down before the state will actually help pay for your care. Right. So instead of spending down, like you said, to Mm $85,000, if they had a long-term care policy that was a state partnership qualified policy, then let's say the benefits in that were about $200,000. So then they would be able to keep a total of $285,000 in assets. Yeah. And so that can be a beautiful thing for people because it really, they call it state partnership because you're kind of partnering with self and, you know, insuring something yourself. And the state is saying, well, we're going to reward you for doing that. Now, all of the rules and regulations with state partnership are unique to the actual state you live in. And not all long-term care insurance policies qualify for state partnership. Only certain types do. But it is something to be aware of when you're doing your long-term care planning to understand that that is a possibility and to factor it into your decision-making process. Yeah, you definitely want to be looking at a plan that's going to include that or have that as part of the option. So let's talk a little bit about the insurance. And we're going to dig in in the second half of our show today to the different types of insurance and, and how these different policies work. But let's talk a little bit about the cost. So long-term care insurance is expensive. There's no doubt about it. It can be an expensive, you know, piece of insurance that you have. Right. And there's different levels of care, Mm -hmm. usually. What you start out with usually is home health care. And that would be like, you still get to stay at home, maybe a nurse or somebody comes in. So that would have a nurse come in that's home health care. It's going to be about $21 an hour average. Mm -hmm. Okay. They come in a couple times a week, you're able to stay at home. But then as you kind of, you know, maybe health isn't, you know, continuing to get worse or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's usually progressing. So then you might need move into the assisted living. The assisted living is where you're still relatively independent, but you're staying in a a facility that has, you know, around the clock people there. So that's about $3,000, a little over $3,000 a month. Yep. And then when you go into the full-fledged care, when you're looking at full nursing home, it's about $6,700. It's kind of the national average. Okay. And what's crazy about this is that that's just for the more of the skilled care. But if you actually have a dementia or an Alzheimer's issue, it's even more. You know, it's more in the eight to nine thousand right. dollar a month range. So when we're talking about the fact that it can really go through your assets, that's why people are nervous. They don't want to lose all the retirement money that they've saved exactly. or land that's valuable to the family or things like that to the nursing home because the cost of it can be so high. Right. So it could really blow up that retirement plan if you don't plan for having some kind of coverage. Yes. So when you think about the cost of coverage then compared to the actual cost of care, there this all over the board because there's multiple types of long-term care insurance out there. You might be able to find something for $1,500 to $2,000 a year, but for a lot of people, you're going to see something more in the three dollars to $5,000 range, you know, a year range. But when you compare that to the cost of the nursing home, mm-hmm. what, what I think is important to understand is, let's just say you spend $5,000 a year on the insurance then that is less than the cost of one month of care. (laughs) Exactly. So you're creating a pool of money that you have access to that's going to allow you to be able to stay in that facility for a longer period of time. Right, exactly.
Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about all things long-term care. So what we want to talk a little bit about now is the fact that there's really three main types of long-term care insurance out there that are going to help people protect against It can be anything from home health care to assisted living to the actual nursing home and then even to the memory care type of Alzheimer's or dementia care. So, Julie, explain to everybody listening what those three main types of plans are. Okay, your first, the first type of plan is your the traditional plan, which most people are familiar with, your traditional long-term care insurance plan. And that is a health-based insurance plan. Most people have them. They've got them in the past, and it creates a pool of benefits that, you know, allowed for you or your spouse, or if you're single, just a plan for mm-hmm. yourself to be able to provide to coverage for the nursing home. So the, there's, there's pros and cons with all of them, right? right? So the key with the traditional is you have to qualify health-wise mm-hmm. and the premiums are going to be based on the type of coverage that you get, like how long, you know, whether it's a three-year plan or a five-year plan. So there's different things that you can build up that premium. But the, the thing with that is it's a use it or lose it type of feature. So you can pay premiums in all these years and maybe not use it. And you're not going to ever get those benefits out. Right. Then it is more like pure insurance. But I guess if we kind of liken it to homeowner's insurance, you know, we buy homeowner's insurance in case our house burns down. We hope it never burns down and we ne- we never collect on the insurance, right? right. You're never really so- wishing I have a house fire to collect on that insurance. So. Yeah. So most people are never wishing they go into a nursing right. home to collect on their long-term care insurance. Right. But um, the premiums are, are something that is going to, it's not, you know, if they're going to go up, the premiums usually we do see increases on them and it's a significant increase. Yeah. In fact, it's so much so that the states have put a cap on the actual amount of income but the cap is some ridiculous amount. Like it's, it's it's almost like it doesn't matter because it's so high. It's more than double. It's what over thirty percent yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that really isn't going to help you. But so that that's your traditional. That's mm-hmm. your that's what everybody is most familiar with. That was the first ones that came out. The next one is life insurance based. We call that a hybrid policy. The life insurance based policies are policies that you know similar to a life insurance policy. Benefits will pay out after you die. While a hybrid policy will allow you to access those benefits. Your, you know, the life insurance benefits while you're alive. Right. So you're going to get those benefits paid to you either you can use them while you're alive or they're going to get paid to your beneficiary after your death. And what's really nice about the hybrid benefits is let's say that you had a policy that was a $200,000 policy and you use 100000 while you're alive. What's nice is that the other 100000 is still going to go to your beneficiaries when you pass away. So it completely addresses that use it or lose it issue. You're going, Somebody's going to get a benefit, whether it's Either you when way. you're alive or your family when you die. Right. Mm-hmm. The premiums for that are going to be higher when they first start off than the traditional, but they're usually not going to increase. So it's a yeah. set premium, which is you know a lot of people like because they know exactly what they're paying and they're not going to expect right. that increase. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the good things about that. The traditional and the life insurance base both have a lot of underwriting because you have to qualify for that qualify medically for them qualified. medically. Mm-hmm. So those are one of the things that you have to consider too. And because of that, the third option is a new up and coming one. It's called an asset-based care. And this is a really good option a lot of times for people who don't qualify medically. So if they have maybe some medical things that would hinder them from getting life insurance, this is a good option for them. An asset-based care simply is taking a pool of your own assets and reserving it for the need, you know, if the need arises for long-term care. Yeah, the asset-based are very interesting because it'll take 
take a pool of money that you have in a certain type of investment vehicle, and then if you utilize all of that for your own long-term care, it will provide double or even triple that in some cases of extended benefits for long-term care purposes. So they're very interesting and kind of quirky different, you know, programs that are out there. Um, But they are absolutely an option and people are gravitating more and more towards them because they they may not qualify health wise for the other types. Right. But it Mm -hmm. also then, you know, it's their own money and it's the Uh the same thing. You know, if you don't need it, then you're going to be able to either keep that yourself or pass it on. Yeah, exactly. If you pass away, your family's still going to get whatever residual benefits in that account. Mm -hmm. So those are the different options and really understanding which one is the best for you is just you really have to come in and everyone's situation is different and unique. Now, in terms of the policies themselves, most of them have some similar provisions to them. So most of them have something that's called an elimination period. So the most common one is 90 days. And what that means is that you have to pay for your own care for the first 90 days before your policy will kick in. Now, the interesting thing about this is that most of the policies require your medical team to say, yes, they're going to need care for X amount of time in order for them to start that clock ticking on the 90-day elimination period. So there's other qualifiers that you have to look at. You know, if you were in the hospital before and, and you know, Medicare is going to pay some and that type of stuff out of mm-hmm. the hospital and that type of thing. But that's also going to help your premium. So if you have an elimination period, that's going to lower that premium. Gotcha. So the next benefit that a lot of policies have is something that's called inflation protection. Because we all know that as time goes by, the actual cost to provide care gets higher and higher. Every year, everything seems to cost more, right? Yes, exactly. And the cost of health care seems to go up faster than just normal inflation does. Exactly. So it's very important that you have a policy that will incorporate inflation protection on there. Yeah. So not all of the policy types, not all of the traditional or hybrid or asset-based might have inflation protection. And generally speaking, you can actually choose what benefits you want or don't want within your policies. Um, A lot of them give you a choice because it's more expensive to have inflation protection on your policy than not. But generally what inflation protection does is that it boosts up the amount of your benefit every year by a certain percent. So it might be a 3% inflation increase or a 5%. Some of them are simple increase, meaning it's based off your original dollar amount of coverage. And some of them are compound meaning that's going to be based off of whatever last year's amount of coverage was. Right. So you want to have that. Usually 5% is a good inflation factor to add mm-hmm. on to the, uh, to the policy. Yeah. But what's kind of neat about these policies is that you can create them the way you want to and see pricing based on different options. So you can really kind of customize the design of them for yourself. Kind of a la carte the different options. Yep. Yep. Now, another provision that I think is is nice about these is a lot of them have something called waiver of premium on them. And what waiver of premium means is that if you actually are on claim, meaning you're in the nursing home or you're getting home health care or something like that, if if your policy is actually paying out the benefits, they stop charging you the premium. Yeah. So that's the, it kind of takes that double whammy out of the way. So you're in there receiving the care and that premium of 3000 a month or whatever that might be or, you know, the year or whatever mm-hmm. is going to be waived. So that can really help out for the person that maybe is at home, too. Yeah. Now, many of them also include something now that's called third-party notification. And what that means is it allows someone to name a third party, like an adult child or something like that, that if you forget to pay your premium and your policy is about to lapse, they'll notify the third party. And that was added as a protective measure for senior citizens who were not 
mentally keeping up with whether or not they'd paid all of their bills. And so policies that had been held for many, many years were lapsing. So this was just added as a protective measurement to make sure that it wasn't an unintentional lapse because someone wasn't mentally astute enough to know they hadn't paid their bill. Right. So it's keeping that policy active. I mean, the last thing you'd want to have is paying in for all those years and then it lapsing when you actually turn around and have to utilize that plan. So Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about taxation when it comes to long-term care insurance. So there are different policies that are called tax-qualified, and there are policies that are not tax-qualified. A tax-qualified policy is something where, generally speaking, the benefits that get paid from the policy when you're on claim are not going to be considered taxable income to you. Right. And that's really going to help people out because the income is, you know, that will affect your income as far as how much you're, you know, paying out in taxes. Mm -hmm. So when that benefit is too, that's another reason that people take a look at these because it can help you out every year in taxes. Now, another question that people ask us is, well, isn't my premium for my long-term care insurance tax deductible? And here's the thing. We're always going to boot you back to your accountant or your CPA to get the final say on that. But to be eligible for an income tax deduction, there are some really, really clear parameters that are out there about whether or not it is. It has to be purchased before or after a certain amount of time. It has to be guaranteed renewable. It can't have a cash surrender value. It has a it has a handful of different requirements to it to determine if you need a tax deduction. So that's something you really do need to work with your CPA on to understand if that's the case. So that kind of talks out a little bit about, you know, the tax deductibility about it. Now, the the bottom line, though, is that long-term care as an insurance policy is something that really needs to be evaluated, evaluated in the whole context of your financial plan. It's not something that's a one-off decision, like, should I have this or should I not? Yes, right. no, black, white answer. It is what other assets do you have and what other income streams do you have? What are you trying to protect? Is it money? Is it a spouse? Is it a lifestyle? What's your family's history of mm-hmm. health? You know, what is your longevity concerns and things like that? All that plays into the decision about whether or not long-term care insurance really is appropriate for you. So not only do you have to look at all those factors, then it's what types you need to get, mm-hmm. you know, how much, you know, building that plan. So there's a lot of different uh, moving parts that you need to figure out. <laughs> and that's why we say it's complex. So if you want help with your own long-term care planning, Julie, then read or journey, then reach out and give Julie a call at our office. She is our resident specialist with this, and she can help you evaluate whether or not it makes sense. And if so, what type is the right type for you? So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.